podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome back to the Villa View for a post-match reaction, which is a couple of days later than we usually would like to do. Then we'd, you know, we like to meet up and speak outside Villa Park, but circumstances that haven't allowed for that this time. The wind was actually horrendous today. I was getting blown out all over the place, so hopefully the audio inside is a little bit better today. I'm joined by James Rushton, who hosted Fancams. Thanks, James, for doing that, by the way. And we're going to have a little chat about Villa versus Ipswich. Obviously, Aston Villa won 2-1. James, you were there. What did you think of the game? Um, I think when we tried to record this post-match, I think we were a tiny bit negative, actually. Um, yeah. The day after, I think it's a better time to record because I'm feeling a lot more positive. And uh, a few of the people I've spoken to, I, I think we saw Rich t- today at the Villa Ladies game and he was on fan cams yeah. yesterday. And he was just surprised at how much negativity there was. Um, and I am too. Uh, I mean, it, it's kind of hypocritical because me and you uh, had a, a, a few moans yesterday. But thinking about how it all turned out, I'm I'm not too worried about it. I'm I'm not too upset or disappointed. I think we got the three points and uh, we performed fairly well. And I think you can't really argue too much with that. Like you say, after the game, it was a little bit just a weird feeling. Like the atmosphere was was never really up there. The performance wasn't great. But then you look at the stats and we've had uh, twelve shots on target or whatever it is and. Tammy Abraham scored two. John McGinn probably scored, could have scored at least one. And you look at those facts and think, oh, it must have been a decent game. But coming straight out from the game, it was just a bit of a, I don't know, just didn't feel right. Maybe fan cams, only sort of seven, eight people turned up. Maybe that sort of contributed to the feeling of just a, a, bit, a bit of disappointment. Um, obviously, thanks to the people that did show, show up. Obviously, you know, just a smaller turnout. The weather was bad. It was, just, know, it was just a weird day. But then the next day, you look back at it and go, yeah, well, it's three points against the bottom of the league in a game that we all expected to win. We've won it. Decent game. We move on to the next one. Yeah, so we, Tammy Abraham will obviously enter a bit of history. and He'll become our first 20 goals in the league goal scorer since Peter Whiff. And that's before yeah. you, I, most people probably watching were, were born. I was born 13, 14 years after that happened, which is ridiculous. And the amount of people who've come close and not succeeded, you know, you've got a long list of names and two of those are recent. You've got Codger and Benteke who come quite close to that and Adoma was probably on track last season as well before he's uh probably started leveling out his performances so we, we, we've been, always been there but no one has pushed towards that like Tammy Abraham and it's amazing to see him score so many goals and uh maybe it's over performance I'm just grateful um a lot of people are saying he could probably could have finished more chances but what he's been doing all season is finishing probably more chances than he should yesterday um, a lot of criticism probably reflects a scoreline 2-1 um, but I think if you're going to criticise anyone and you wanted that 6-0, 4-0, 4-1 victory, you have to look at Abraham and McGinn because those are the only two people who could have changed that. And it's ridiculous to think that the two people will criticise coming out of that would be Abraham and McGinn because they're the only two people who, who would have affected that scoreline because those are the two people who had the chances to make that scoreline even more you know, larger. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird one, isn't it? Because you can sit here and yeah. complain all you want, but we've won a game 2-1. <laughs> so... You can't complain about that too much because for a long time we've talked about well, before, um, results over performances is the main thing, but then you sort of get the luxury of having a few nice performances that when you dip back down to not performing, that the result isn't as important anymore, that that we are coming away with some sort of frustration over a 2-1 home win. Why? What's the point? We've won a game. That's, that's the main thing. Does the performance matter? It's arguable, isn't it? Because obviously you want to perform and play to the best of your ability all the time because that will lead to results more consistently. 
but we know that we've seen it before. So to get sort of downbeat over one one or two games where the performance isn't great, but you still win anyway, sort of feels counterproductive to me because you should just look at that, take the positives of whatever they were that you can and move on to the next one. And yesterday is one of those ones where it's almost just build the momentum. I think I saw somebody on Twitter say that after you've been on a bad run, the, the game that you win to break that is always a little bit messy. Yeah. Just because you are you haven't won for a while. So when it does come, you're sort of on edge a little bit. You take the confidence from, from winning at home. You go to, is it Reading up next? And you try there, you go there and try and get three points again. And if you do, maybe we can start talking about Villa putting a run together. Yeah, I think it's, it was always going to be messy and it, it wasn't the best. And I think Villa could have done better. Three points, is three points I mean, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Three points is three points, and uh, I think if we're nitpicking at performances, we're going to nitpick at performances, right? And but f- I think Villa tallied up three point seven expected goals, which um, you know, in terms of that metric, when teams tally up three point seven expected goals in terms of quality of chances, those score lines are usually six or seven nil. That's you know, to yeah. rack up that amount of quality chances is incredible, and it's probably a failure, you know, the single failure on Villa's part that they couldn't score six or seven goals. But I think if that's what you're looking at as a negative point, then we're in a ridiculously... We're in a really privileged position, basically. Oh, I can't get those words out, sorry. We're in a really privileged position if we're moaning about that. Yeah, the uh, expected goals stat is one that sort of bypasses me a little bit. I'm not sure whether I fully understand it. I'll get it, but part of me just thinks that... Like what? Well, (laughs) um, so basically... Shots you you like to measure stuff by shots on target, right? But if you were to have forty shots on target, what if they're all from the halfway line? Is that better than forty shots on target from the penalty spot? And that's kind of what expected goals measures: the quality of chance, how many times do you score from that opportunity? So when it's weighted towards, you know, if you've got three point seven expected goals, you've put a lot of good chances in from quality areas where we, you usually see a goal. So you can kind of measure that, and over the season. The best teams, you know, the teams that are really performing are usually overperforming their expected goals. It's stuff, you know, it's better in the long term. But match by match basis, we can look at that and say, "Hang on, we really made some chances to do some damage there." Yeah, I, I definitely knew what expected goals was. I was just leaving that in there for the people that don't know. <laughs> You're just playing up to them. Definitely a hot talking point that, that's been going on at the moment. A few months ago, it was the goalkeeper. A few weeks ago, it was the defence. Now it seems to be the midfield that's the the hot talking point. What what's going on there? What what did you assess from yesterday's game? I've seen varying reports on Twitter that Conor Horan played well. Conor Horan was went missing again. Glenn Whelan was poor. Glenn Whelan had the best game in the Villa shirt. Obviously, opinions are always going to differ. But how can it be such different levels that we all look at the same game and come out of it differently? What what did you think of that midfield trio yesterday? It wasn't that bad. I think people were really um, gunning hard for Conor Horan. And I feel that's quite a shame because his returns were what, eight assists, four or five goals. And last season he, he had double digits. You know he he has kind of performed consistently for us. In, well, people say people say take away the goals and assists. What does he offer? I, I don't know because goals and assists are what he offers. You know, Glenn Whelan had a really good game yesterday. He does a lot of quiet stuff. You know, no one kind of looks at his passing ability. It's first touch passes all the time. Really quick yeah. release of the ball. Yeah, no, that is, that's never focused on. That is never because it's, it's it's a really pretty skill to have. But it's one of those pretty skills that kind of. No one looks at. And he does it all the time. Even in his bad games, he's releasing the ball quickly. And yeah, people do focus on him. The, the other team will focus on Glenn, Glenn Whelan because he isn't the quickest player. But I think his passing ability is it's up there. Um, you know, John McGinn wasn't great with the ball yesterday. In terms of passing the ball, he wasn't great with the ball. He did make the chances. He did, but most of the time, the ball was going astray. 
you know, and Conor Horan's putting place in the ball all the time. You know, it's probably 95% success rate. And, you know, you can nitpick with the, the, the midfield. You can nitpick with the defence. You can nitpick with the attack. What I saw was it wasn't a complete team performance, but it was positive and it was getting there. Because Villa have lost that exact game, that exact performance yeah, yeah. as we've seen Villa lose. The chances that happened, we probably could have lost the game. They hit the post, so that's yeah. a chance where you look at it and go, well, that's very, very easily could have been two all coming out of this game. The penalty situations at the time, we sort of, after the game, we were chatting and almost guessing on, on what we thought we'd seen. Looking back at it now, at the time, I thought our penalty was was a definite, but you look at it on the, I've only seen one angle of it, but from that angle, it looks like McGinn's gone down very easily. So whether that should be given or not is questionable. People were talking about the Elphick one. Of what I can remember from that, he sort of slid for the ball and his arm's sort of gone over it. Whether that's intentional or not, I don't know. The, the talk seems to be that we might have got away with one. You just look at those minimal stats and go, maybe Villa could have lost that game yesterday. On the flip side, Tammy Abraham probably should have scored a hat-trick and John McGinn probably could, could have got two as well. So it was a weird game. A lot of people are saying, in praise of Whelan, it came with a caveat that, oh, it's just against Ipswich. I think that's kind of ridiculous because that performance, Villa lose in a few games playing that way. But it's the, the cliche, you can only beat the team that's in front of you. Yeah. And yesterday, Ipswich were in front and we beat them. So... Happy days. Yeah. Talk about the, the fan reaction a little bit. Like, do you think there's a sort of overreaction sometimes in a, a negative way to a positive result? That's just kind of the symptoms of being a football club. Like yesterday, Everton fans were going quite nuts on, on Twitter because they were knocked out of the FA Cup by Millwall. And I think these are situations that do just happen. It's things that every football club kind of goes through. If you, you only need to look at Arsenal to see kind of fan overreaction. So every club does have fans that will overreact. I think we feel that it probably happens more with Villa because we're embedded in that fan base. Yeah. Um, I, you know, so I mean, we've criticised the atmosphere at Villa Park a few times. Um, you know, myself especially on previews, podcasts, and all that. But I do think there is kind of an expectancy that Villa should blow away every game. And so do you think that's why we almost feel annoyed that it's only two one because we feel like we should be winning four five nil. Yeah, I think. You know, I'm guilty of that myself, so I'm not going to sit here on a pedestal and kind of criticise other fans and do the whole better fan thing. I don't like believe in that at all because I felt it myself. I felt, you know, we should have blew it switch away yesterday. <laughs> you know, another game, we would have, you know, another day, that's 5-0, easy. 5-2, 5-1, call it what, what you want. We score those chances that we didn't. Um, so, you know, those games, the game states are always in flux and they change and the situations in each game just goes out the window each time you only you can you're only left with ironically the result the result that happened and that was a 2-1 i think you know dean smith has, has said stuff himself you know you know it wasn't the perfect performance i think everyone is aware what happened yesterday probably not paul lambert but i think everyone else is is aware of what happened and it was a two it was a, you know, it wasn't the prettiest win but it wasn't ugly by any chance i think villa were rocked by a light goal a, a decent strike any team that is hit like that, punched in the throat like that, takes a while to recover. It's like it's just like boxing. If you're hit with a sucker punch, if you're hit in the stomach, you're going to be winded. If you're hit like that, it's going to take you by surprise. And especially after you made a substitution, after you brought on Almo to kind of re reassure things on the wing. I don't know if he did that. But if you brought on Almo, if you've made a sub to kind of dominate the game or, you know, accept the game state and that game state changes because they've hit you like that, You've got a problem, and Villa had a problem yesterday, and it's not really one there's a correct answer to. Do you want to sit back and invite pressure, or do you want to go through it and leave yourself open? It's your choice. 
thanks for watching this video if you enjoyed it please leave a like down below and subscribe to the villa view youtube channel james thanks for joining me to chat all things ipswich town i'm sure we'll be speaking to you again soon at some point doing a shoot at villa park this morning with the aston villa ladies they played leicester you know for game at villa park and a little bit inspired after that today james made some good videos with villa so thought we'd sit down and, and talk villa a little bit more so yeah thanks for watching this video subscribe to the channel and up the villa sports social podcast network